It's the most wonderful time of the year, maybe, for us in the learning and leadership development space. It's getting to be that time of year for performance management. Yay! Which means planning your future development to the future. Yay! It's either the best time for us or it's the worst time. I don't know, but we're going to talk about how do you do this and do it effectively on this episode of The Learning Geeks, starting now. Hello, 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 hello. Hey hello. there. Hey, Bob. How, hey, Jake. how is everybody? Hey, it's Friday. How is oh, the yes. greater Chicagoland area today? The greater Chicagoland area is masking up in yeah, the middle of all of this stuff. Yeah, we get, the cases are going up, so the masks are going on. Masking's up, but uh, at least the weather's good. The weather's we're awesome. In, yeah. we're, we're LA weather right now, at least. Yeah. You're we- LA weather. We're in the I mean, 70s. Yeah. No Window, windows open. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's been it's been nice. I went for a run on the beach yesterday. It was beautiful. wasn't too hot. wasn't too cold. Just bit right. Windy. It was a Goldilocks day. Yeah, well, well, it was a little bit. It was a little bit windy, which you know it depends because I do out and backs, so it depends if the wind is at your back, mm. going you know coming back. That's much better. If your wind is at your back when you start, then you're in a world of hurt. World hurt coming back. Yeah, half of it, but that's okay. So. Well, good. It's good to be back with you guys today. And as I kind of teed up in our cold opening, uh, we're talking about development planning and you know, and performance management and whatever you want to call it. It's it's the time of year where a lot of us in our profession are starting to think about that. And you know, our angle on that is when people have gotten some good feedback on their performance, how do they then? improve? How do they they make tweaks to their performance? How do they keep doing what is good and make some changes on things that could be optimized? Um, which is an inherently kind of individual type activity, right? It, it, it's something that everybody kind of does their own way, has their own preferences for doing. And yet sometimes we kind of force a process onto people. I think that's what, what we want to talk about. Yeah. I, how, right. it, how, how do we best support people, our, our learners, in planning out what their development is going to look like for the year? Yeah, it's the, really the balance of how much do we prescribe versus how much self-direction is there. And right. related to that is you know, some of the research that, that we've done around something we call the foraging learner. right? And, and the premise of that research is that there are so many in the professional world who go out and they acquire knowledge wherever they can find it. And they will seek after the best course online. And it doesn't make any difference if it's inside of a company or outside of a company. Um, so, so when we have the mindset of a foraging learner, um, you know, that assumes that I have some things that I want to accomplish, which may not be the same things that my company is prescribing me to learn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. So that becomes a tricky point when you talk about things and they have different labels, but we can just call them the individual development plans. Sure. Right. Um, so if, if a learning professional is trying to create an individual development plan, part of what they need to do is factor in what is it absolutely that a, a learner needs to, to consume or understand to be relevant in the company and how much license can I give them to, to grow in their area of passion? So it's that 
you know, it's the balance, right, between prescription and self-direction. Yeah. And I think when we're talking about prescription, there's kind of two angles on it, right? One is what is the content? What are you actually going to be learning? How much of that is prescribed from the company versus out of somebody's passion? And then the actual process for doing it. Correct. Right. Yeah. How how rigorous is that process? How documented and planned? You know, it, it, it struck me, Dana, something I hadn't really ever thought of before. We've talked about foraging learner a lot, but when I think of the word foraging, I think of, you know, little squirrels out in the woods. And right. I, I don't know how much they have a plan <laughs> when they are foraging. I think that they they're just, just looking for nutrition, find, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, according, so, to, according to my lawn, they don't have a plan because they just have holes <laughs> right. everywhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. So what were you thinking, Jake? No, I was going to ask you both then from, from both of your perspectives, how much do you like to be prescribed? I, I personally like to be given options, right? Because again, if you think about the amount of content that we have access to in our world, whether it's internal or external, I mean, our company has somewhere around 30 to 40,000 assets on our learning management system. There's no way I'm going to take all of those. But if I have some way that it's intelligently says, hey, based on what you're doing, you know, here's some things that you might consider. Uh, And then, you know, I can, if the field is narrowed, then I can make the choice. So I think part of what makes for a successful plan is to provide options for somebody and and enable the, the foraging that we're talking about. For me personally, I'm kind of a junkie for these things. Like I am always looking for what is the solution for planning my development or doing my work or living the best life that I can. Like what's the newest uh, silver bullet that is going to finally bring me into nirvana on those. And the reason is, is because I know I need structure in order to address these things. Otherwise, I will play video games all day. So (laughs) I need to have some sort of a rigor and structure on it. But I have not yet found what that nirvana is. And, you know, people listening can't see this, but you guys can because we're on video. Like, you know, here's the Neo Journal that I bought. That was cool for a couple of weeks. And then, (laughs) you know, here's the life journal. And that was also pretty cool. And then I went back to just like a Levenger notebook and and doing bullet journaling and all that kind of stuff. And and of course, that's more more time management and work management than it is personal development. But yeah, it's like I, I see something and I really get into it and it lasts about a couple of weeks and then it fades off for me. And so I think. So I'm if you want to buy any of this stuff, go to the Goodwill near Bob's house and you'll <laughs> find <laughs> you a it. donation. That's, it's got like five weeks worth of stuff filled in, but then there's 47 weeks left for you to use for yourself. I'm, so, I'm staring. I'm staring right now at my Atomic Habits uh, there notebook, you go, which right? is, you know, it's a habit tracker and I tried it for a month and the rest of it is completely blank. And uh, yeah, but it was, it was interesting. But I, I think what I'm hearing though too, Bob, from your end, you get really curious over things. You're interested. I do. Just like you want to dive in, just explore. Yeah. But uh, like what's, I guess, what's stopping you for, from continuing? Well, it's, you know what? To me, I think it gets at too much, too much rigor, too much process, too much busy work where, you know, I kind of imagine 
some designer, you know, back in a, an office going like, oh, here's 47 different features of this development planner that might be helpful. So I'm going to build them in and then I feel like I have to do them all and that doesn't work. So mm-hmm. I try to strip out the fluff and, and you know, get to something that's more simple. And, you know, and right now I'll point my camera and I'll show you guys something that has worked for me for the last couple of months is uh, I just went back to like the 30 day challenge, but I made 40 day challenges. So I'm doing, oh, a four, yeah. I'm doing, this is my second straight 40 day challenge and I've got five columns on this right now. Now this, this is for my life, right? This is not for developing, but this is for being the best Bob that I can be. Right. And the five columns are, uh, am I meditating? Am I journaling? Am I eating right? Am I filling up my Apple watch activity rings? which you guys know I've been doing pretty consistently every day because you usually send me those annoying replies. (laughs) Thanks Apple for talking about pre-canned stuff, (laughs) right? You're the best. Uh, And then this time around, I added the fifth one, which was practicing my banjo because I realized I wasn't practicing my banjo enough. And, And so what I have set up for myself is at the end of this time period, if I have filled these all in and I've gotten all these check marks, then I'm going to give myself a reward. And that works for me. Nobody designed that for you, right? Nobody went in and said, we're going to use a metaphor to get Bob to be the best Bob he can be. Uh, You you just came up and you said, this is going to work for me. I'm going to give it a try. And I think that goes back to the, you know, balancing prescription with self-direction. Yeah. Now, how about you, Jake? I I lean a little bit more towards what, what Dana does, which is I do like to have suggestions. However, I probably lean more on self-discovery and very much of just whatever's around me and just dive in. And sometimes that's the problem. I actually dive in too deep um, or I get stuck in the weeds and then I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> right? And then that's usually what makes me overwhelmed and like, okay, I'm done. Right. I, I usually walk away. However, so most of the time I, yeah, most of the time I'm very much a individual kind of a, a forager, classic forager where I do like to to play around with things. But the more and more I get into it, I do realize how helpful it is to have some type of suggestions. Um, uh, it can't be like Spotify suggestions because that algorithm is completely screwed up with listening to Disney music all day, yeah, you know, across yeah. with, with kids music. But but I do rely on individuals and people to see what they have done, what maybe they have been interested in, what they have been curious in. And then I kind of play around and look at the different elements. So I do rely, I guess, more on on individuals just to give some examples. So what, what would you guys think is, are some of the barriers to a successful plan, whatever it is? We, we've already talked about the balance, right? I think um, part of the message there is needing to pay attention to learner preferences. I, I think another barrier is, you know, the perceived idea of how much time it's going to take to accomplish a prescribed path and people not having time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's some barrier around the, the individual development plan being over-engineered. Right. But what What other barriers you, can you guys think of? For For me, it's too much, um, too many goals, uh, too many things to do. Right. Uh, or I want to do. So I, I'm taking Bob's example for you know his example. He had five, well, originally four, but five things that he's looking at on a daily basis. Um, it's very approachable. 
Uh, my barrier, I think, as an individual is often I put too many goals down for myself. 17 then, daily uh, goals. Yeah, you're right. So it's too many, too many things to do. And then I get overwhelmed and I actually end up losing most of them. So I, I, I do feel strongly that when I think a good plan revolves around a uh, shorter list of goals um, and ones that I think are actionable and they're not too much of a large leap in terms of my current maybe skill or knowledge, I would say. I think another part of the foraging learner is, is and I think you hit on this, is, is uh, knowing what they want to forage for. And I think maybe that's part of where the prescription can come in. It's not like you have to learn blockchain or cloud, but you know everybody else in the company is learning those things. And if you want to you know, talk effectively about them. It's probably not a bad idea. And here's a variety of ways you can learn those about those technologies. So I, I think that might be an element of, uh, that does need to be a little bit more prescriptive. It's like, Hey, this is the direction of our company. These are the things that are important mm-hmm. to us. And, you know, here's, here's a plate or a buffet full of ways that you can learn that stuff. I wonder too, how a plan might sustain the joy of learning. Right. Because I I think that's something that gets lost for me with these plans is, is it, it kind of sucks the, it sucks the joy. It sucks the energy and the life out of it. And it becomes a thing I have to do as opposed to something that I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So how can they be inspirational, right? What, how can whatever we're providing be inspirational? Yeah. And you know, the answer to their, I, I mean, traditional day planners and things like that have used quotes or inspiring artwork or things like that to make that work. That's not what I'm talking about so much. I, you know, I I don't know what the answer to this is, but Mm. how how do you sustain that joy of learning when you're, you're kind of, you know, planning it out? I get a ton of joy on whatever I'm learning is to break away from maybe the, let's call it the direct path of how maybe someone would prescribe it and explore things that have a little bit of a connection somewhere, or maybe it's a far-fetched one. However, it's something that's really cool. So Bob, I think of your example, how on Fridays, uh, well, used to, can't do anymore, but Fridays used to go to uh, Disneyland right. and sit there and write and just get inspired by things. Um, there's many things I think all of us do, which are outside of the learning profession that we just enjoy doing. I had a conversation the other day about how one Friday, I remember taking a half a day and I walked in the city and I just jumped in the field museum and I purposely went in there for, to reflect on just what they are doing and maybe some of the exhibits. And I was trying to directly relink it to learning or something I'm interested in or something I'm learning. So I, that's where I get my joy. However, that's where I feel the issue sometimes with prescribed. But I think when, when I do get prescribed things, I try to see connections of those. And maybe there's something that brings me a little bit more joy on those. That way I can start to bring in, um, again, make the connections and maybe build on what I'm trying to learn. So it's kind of that philosophy of inspiration coming from anywhere. And right. you need to be open to those moments. Your, your plan can't be so rigid that it disallows the opportunity just to explore and make connections that you can't anticipate in advance. Right. Right. Which is how I find I learn and how I innovate the most, right. Is by going out and experiencing things in the world and always asking myself, 
how is it that what I'm seeing here, I can apply to something that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. uh, that takes me into directions that I, I can't anticipate in advance, but usually winds up being the most successful things. Go to the Field Museum for inspiration, said no individual <laughs> development plan ever, right? <laughs> you can make a bumper sticker. Okay. Well, Dana, I always think about when you used to write a lot of your blogs, um, a lot of times it would be on stories, like yeah. your trips, right? your things that you did with your daughters. Um, you you were able to grasp and understand, like grab something from an experience and learn from it. And, and it often in times related to whatever you're working on, right? At least you were making the connection. Mm -hmm. So that's the fun part, but yeah, you'll never see that in a plan. Right. Go, go to a, uh, scrap scrapbook convention with your young daughter and see what she learns as she's trying to work her way through the, through the maze <laughs> of exhibits said no yeah. development plan ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then how can you apply that to learning innovation, Dana? Yeah. Said no development plan ever. <laughs> So there's got to be some flexibility in there for the free exploration and the the luck factor, but there are right, still the serendipity factor. There are still going to be requirements, right? Every company yeah, is going to have requirements. So, you know, again, it goes back to the balance of and and it doesn't mean that the the requirements can't be joyful and you know entertaining and because as we know, we've got some video series that are actually quite entertaining and and informational at the same time. But that that becomes a, a challenge for the designers, not necessarily the people designing the individual development plans. Were there any specific requirements that companies typically have oh, that sure. jump in your mind? Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the big one comes to mind. And the ethics and compliance or inclusion and diversity or core values or I mean, there, there's, there are things that uh, outline what a company represents, what their brand is. And those are all pieces of training or, you know, stuff that needs to be communicated to people. And, and it's just, it's part of the job, but, but if it just feels like it's part of the job, cause I have to do it, that sucks the joy out of it. Like Bob was saying. So, you know, part of that again, goes back on the, how effectively is this stuff designed, but then also it has, I, I think if you're, if you're informed that, you know, these are things that are part of the job in addition, you know, we want, uh, you know, here, here's some other areas where you can choose to grow or seek inspiration or whatever it may be. I think if it's positioned as, you know, there, there's, there's a requirement, but then there's also opportunity for following your passions uh, consistent with the company goals. I, I, that's, mm -hmm. again, that goes back to the balance of prescription versus self-direction. There's also a ownership on the individual too, to make that connection between, all right, they're telling me this is needed. But then it's also what, what's the purpose to me? I always, yeah. I, I think of that a lot of times with the ethics mm. and compliance courses mm -hmm. where, you know, every 60 days or 90 days or whatever, you may get a new one that comes out. And, um, my goal is to stay out of jail. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which is a stay very good idea. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there, but there are, there are elements. Uh, I, I think of a lot of the, the racial inequalities, uh, work that's been going on um, even more frequently uh, today. And it does, re it does make myself think and understand what am I doing? Um, I also think about like risk behaviors, uh, uh, security, all of that. There are elements where I think on a day-to-day -day basis, all right, what am I doing? What am I not doing? But again, it, it's effort on the individual end. But um, I think that's a big piece of it too, to somehow, I mean, I don't know how you necessarily bring 
all joy to them, those conversations, no, but, but... But you bring the relevance to it, right? Which we know yeah, yeah. anytime people understand the relevance and the context, it, it makes uh, even, you know, even hard training more palatable. And what's right. key with, when you're talking about that relevance and the WIFM, right, is making sure it's the WIFM for the learner mm -hmm. and not the company. Yeah. Because especially with yeah. ethics and compliance, right, you, you see the list of bullet points at the beginning of the learning objectives. And it's all of these things that are super great for the company, but you know, it, it doesn't necessarily float my boat. Mm -hmm. So, so that might be the, you know, that might be true. That might be the reason this learning exists is primarily to uh, meet a need that the company has. That's fine, but find a way to help convince me that it still has benefit for me. So so tying back to your your cold open, Bob, if we think about the idea that a lot of this is initiated with a performance uh, with a performance management process, it's not just an individual in their own. There's someone who's communicating the performance and who's communicating these things. So I think there's also some uh, some way that maybe the individual development plan could be effectively, more effectively communicated, right? Rather than, oh yeah, this is the stuff you got to do. Instead, here's why these things are relevant and important to the company. Yeah. And since you're an employee of the company, we hope they're also, you know, relevant and important to you. You know, that, that angle of it might make, again, the, some of the more challenging training more interesting or, or more palatable. Yeah. So the story, the story that is told in why the development plan even exists, you know, what, what the overall goal of having a development plan is and making sure that, that, that vision is always in view, right? Like I, I am, I am going to work this plan because it's going to make me a better employee. It is going to open up new job opportunities. Again, I think that's something that gets lost very often in the rigor of kind of a rote development plan, you know, a very tool-based development plan. One of the yeah. things that's interesting about this discussion is we've not really talked about how do you package an individual development planner. We haven't talked about do you use metaphors or analogies. And I think that's I think that's where the discussion should be, right? I mean, yeah. you can use those things, but unless you have the relevance right, unless you have the the balance between prescription and self-direction right, in the end, any analogy is going to fall fall flat. Right. Or it's only going to work for some people. Yeah, yeah. Right, especially in this area. And, and, and holy cow, we've seen a lot of different analogies and metaphors. Mm -hmm. And some of them are really of good, really the creative, year. right? Yeah, some of them are good. Some and some of them work for me, and others, you know, I roll my eyes at that. That doesn't work. So, that is interesting to think about a tool that is so customizable that you can pick your own metaphor. Do you want it to be going on a sailing journey, or do you want it to be a road trip, overthrowing a galactic empire? I don't know. <laughs> You're the rogue one, aren't you? But you know, but before we close this out, just in terms of the packaging of a development plan, right? Like. Like we were talking earlier that flexibility is important and the ability to customize it to make it work for you as an individual is important. Uh, and I was sharing with you guys before we went live, I was just exploring a new work management tool, um, 
which speaking of algorithms and Spotify, Jake, the, mm-hmm. the Facebook algorithm knows me really well because that's how I learned about this. It came up in my feed. <laughs> Check this out. Person who is always buying new uh, gimmicks in order to manage their work life. Um, but what I liked about this was um, it's called Amazing Marvin. And I think I'm going to try it out. It starts off just as a very kind of vanilla, here's your calendar and here's the tasks that you have to do. But then you have the ability to turn on and off different features that other people may have built into planners like this in the past. Um, and you can decide what you want what you want or what you don't want. So it's like, as you do a task, if you want to have a Pomodoro timer come up so you can do the Pomodoro technique and work for 25 minutes and then take a break for five minutes, you just turn that on and then it automatically happens with the tool or different philosophies of work management, like getting things done or eat that frog or whatever. You just turn them on and turn them off. And so you really have the ability to tailor the experience for you and for what works with you. And, and, you know, it's like, you don't have to buy a whole new tool to try something else. You just turn something off and turn something on. And that is very intriguing to me in terms of development plans. Like how might Mm -hmm. we create an online system like this for development planning that maybe starts with just a vanilla, here's a list of the things I want to learn. And then you can turn on or off different features to add to the rigor or remove the rigor as you need. Yeah, you often talk about the idea of choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. In some ways, you know, it'd be interesting to to think about what would a choose your own development plan look like. Right. So, any developers who are listening to us right now who want to go and create that tool, we would be interested in looking at that and and would be super happy to have you be a sponsor of the Learning Geeks podcast <laughs> or a guest on the show. Or at least a guest on the show. Well, hey, I'm looking at the clock on the wall. When we started this, we were like, can we go 30 minutes on this? If we go short, we'll just talk about Star Wars. We filled a pretty good half hour. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. So, you know, to our listeners, we'd be interested in in what you have to say and what you think about this. So write us, tweet at us. It's probably the most effective way right now. Uh, Ping Jake on his LinkedIn post where you got to this particular podcast and let us know if you have any additional thoughts email us maybe we'll have you be a guest if you have a lot of thoughts on how to help people plan their development okay well with that we will wrap up this episode of the learning geeks podcast is great as always spending time with you guys yeah all right sure i'm actually i'm actually heading out to disneyland right now we're only going to get as far as well long story short it was brought to my attention you as chicago boys will get this that there's a portillo's in anaheim and we have not been there since we moved to Long Beach, and it's only 20 minutes away right now. So Harrison and I are going to go have lunch at Portillo's. And I'm like, you know, as long as we're there, let's just go over to downtown Disney and see what's happening. So we won't get into the parks, but we'll check it out. All masked six feet away from each other. Yeah. It's hard to eat Portillo's with a mask on. We'll take it off <laughs> during that time. Oh, got it. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks take on care. behalf of all of us geeks. Uh, to you listeners, thanks for joining us. And we'll see you on our next episode of the Learning Geeks podcast. All right. Thanks, everybody.